You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We are the Elsers. Welcome to Ulster. It's a production of Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague, and joining me is Corey Scott, back again, off on assignment and doing other things that we, we, do we can be about. frank about this, Gregor. Uh, I got a presidential pardon, which is great. Uh, they were just getting handed out this past week, so now I can go back to making cat food out of asbestos. It was never illegal in the first place. Uh, now. <laughs> yes, now. Um... <laughs> Welcome back, Corey. I missed that. I honestly missed that. Um, and for all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to elsnerds.com. And for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncast.com. And as a warning on Elsners, we tend to swear and spoil things, so we will do this without thinking. This is your warning. Never thought yet. <laughs> what is thought? But and, and you know, it was a no-brainer to go on a segue here when we invited back because he was here for the Dark Tower special, and he was back once again. I was just on his show on Friday, but it is one Brandon Raymond. Brandon, how you doing, sir? Hey, what's up? It was a no-brainer. I'm back. And I swear. <laughs> By the moon and the stars in the sky. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, we're gonna get right into the news here, and the first bit of news is. Partially playing towards the guest, partially playing towards other things, but also because I believe I've talked about the show that the one of the people was on before. And this is uh, some WWE news, uh, the world of professional wrestling. They have signed two new WWE superstars, and the one is one that people will already know of. Uh, Casey Catanzaro, you know, 27-year-old um, American gymnast who competed on NBC's American Ninja Warrior series. She's from Glen Ridge, New Jersey. And she was the first and so far only woman to complete a city finals obstacle course on the show. Um, and they, they announced this during um her and Shadia yeah, Basiso. Yeah, uh Basiso as the two new hirings here during the first four episodes of the May Young Classic, the women's tournament that they are airing on the WWE network. Now I look at these both of these as smart hires. The, on Shadia's side. She's a live events presenter and voiceover artist from the United Arab Emirates. WWE has been trying to expand to the Middle East more and more. So I look at that part right there. And plus also she is fluent in both English and Arabic. So if you look to what they've been doing very recently, the current roster selections, you know, and, and champions, you have Jinder Mahal, who is the current WWE champion over on SmackDown, who is Indian and this is doing this is doing them gangbusters in India, said you know creating new shows and all that stuff. So I look at this as this is going to be the same thing. She, you know she's going to help to launch the, the WWE in the Middle East. So uh, Brandon, I turn to you since you are a more current WWE fan than Corey is. So in terms of diversifying um, so the brand, Gregor, I think it's a good idea. But the, their roster is already bloated, and I don't see where these two women have any training. So I understand yeah. you want to move into the Middle East and you have your reasons for moving into India already. But I mean, by the time these two train and I assume they're going to go through NXT, yeah, will they make the cut? And could they not find anybody that was already established and trained that was of some other ethnicity that would have fit the bill? Or are they just throwing yeah. at random people now? It, it sounds like, I mean, not everybody goes through the, the training 
uh, show, right? It, a lot of people come in. A lot of people come, come in. But uh, the woman that was on, what, American Ninja Warrior, does it say? I don't see where she yeah, was at. She's, she's, she's a, a gymnast. She's, okay. She's so she's like, got a different know, kind of training. This is, this is more of a celebrity get. This yeah. is kind of like when they pull somebody in, when they grab somebody over from MFC or something like that, and they bring them in. Because those MFC guys, they get the fuck around. They, they pull somebody in, and it's about their star power more than it is about their experience wrestling. Uh, it's well, like when they had Mr. T get in the fucking ring in the 80s or right. or Zeus from the, the Hulk Hogan wrestling movie, uh, Tiny Lester, come in and actually wrestle and stuff. And it's like that, that person wasn't really a wrestler. They came in to, to bring in the attraction. And I, I feel like that that's probably what they're getting from this. And it's not like I'm, I don't know anything about Saizo, but Katanzaro, she is obviously she's very athletic to to compete in an American Ninja Warrior at all takes a certain degree of athleticism if you don't just fucking fall into the water in the very first pylons thing. Right. But beyond that, she yeah. is a trained gymnast as well. So so it's probably not going to be hard so to have her go across. No, yeah. I'm sure that's so, I'm sure that they uh, easily, but it just seems, you know, yeah. I, I, so Shadia incidentally is the same name of one of the main characters from uh, Movie Busters last night. Uh, so <laughs> The female Kurt Angle, the female Arab Kurt Angle. Yeah, that's essentially what, what I'm looking at here because she's a she took part in WWE's Dubai tryouts last year, and she is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu blue belt. So you know she has the some of the fundamentals under her already. Casey Catanzaro, I could honestly see you know doing a, being a little bit more of a high flyer, you know, t- taking more of an aerialist approach when it comes to wrestling and i could be wrong because you know i more than likely am but i mean that's where i could see her coming in and then going forth you have all this gets it gets big and all this stuff because you look at it and you hit it kurt angle these two are these two they're setting them up like the the next kurt angle because when he came in he came in fresh off the olympic well fresh after recovery from breaking his freaking neck and or you know winning an olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck as he likes to say and he came right in like the cock of the walk a little bit when he was training and then had to humble himself. Right. So, I mean, there's like, I look at this with, you know, with Casey, she's probably going to be, you know, come in this with a, a level head. Same thing with, with Shadia. I mean, I only, I speak more to Casey because I, I watch a little less frequently now, but Amer- I watch American Ninja Warrior. And so I see this as being a great step for her. I could also see this being, you know, a way for them to then have a way f- for them to bring in other American Ninja Warrior, you know, the ladies or even the men from American Ninja Warrior on here. Yeah, those men are really underserved. (laughs) I think it's all in what they do with it, though. I mean, sure, make a good move, bring more talent. But I don't know if I trust the writing team and creative at WWE to do anything with it in in the long run. Yeah. And you're also mentioning right now, um, like, where would they be? I think both of them would be, you know, Performance Center, NXT, because there'd be some things that they'd have to work on. Right. Just because like on Casey's side, I could see her playing a face. I could see her playing the good guy. It would be more interesting for her to play the heel. But I look at the main roster debuts. I could see them going either side because in both cases, the, the women's division on both sides is really light. I mean, both sides are essentially six women. That's not and you're and a lot of times they're focusing in on three of them. So I mean it's like you're not really utilizing this roster, which is why I'm hoping the May Young Classic we're gonna especially, get 
How are they not hemorrhaging money at this point? They have such a huge roster that they don't utilize. All these people That's just... True. And we're at a point right now where Glow was the huge hit on Netflix over the summer. And so there's... I would imagine there's an interest of seeing some of that crossover into the actual wrestling arena uh, if they if they jumped on it. And mm-hmm. it is... Maybe this is kind of their first steps towards that. Is It's not just we're going to bring in more women wrestlers but we're going to bring in some people who are are known from other things too right and at the very least i think that the network they should have a female wrestling league i mean i think they should work toward that i think it would be successful on the network and people would watch it that i say i say that same thing with uh the uk you know they got you know pete dunn over there with the uk title Mm -hmm. defending it not even on WWE branded events you know he's defending it over in the indies over there and all that. so it's like, uh, is this eventually just going to go over to ICW or, you know, any one of these promotions over there? Or are you going to do a WWE UK show like you've been talking about for a long time? Even getting a commentary team with, with you know, Jim Ross and oh, I'm blinking on the other guy, uh, Desmond Wolf was Desmond Wolf. Now is, um, I can't think of his name now. Nigel McGinnis, that's it. And so it's like, you got the commentary team you have a venue produce some shit right and they should but it all goes <laughs> ether because they have a monopoly on the brand now. there's no one to compete with so there's nothing to really drive them and it's i think it's become by and large pretty sloppy i mean it is wrestling so it's going to be inherently yeah. sloppy, but with no wcw and at the very least an ecw i mean what you have out I, there now is not even touching them so yeah, you're getting local small wrestling venues and stuff uh the underground kind of circuit but you're you're absolutely right it's if you're if you're looking for the the huge big branding on television and everything else you're you're not getting any kind of competition from wwe i no. i sort of disagree with that i would say new japan i mean you look at where and yes WWE has been getting some of their talent but i mean you look at these matches that they're throwing that they're having over there and these events that they're having over there so much so to where they're like hey we're going to do events in america now you well, have a and i have to find on youtube so where wwe yeah. is out around the world new japan should do that here anyway. yeah that's like yeah that's basically like like saying we're having a conversation about football and then you bring in soccer it's like yeah we know uh soccer's not our thing though man uh <laughs> we're america we done fucked up and and put points on the end of the ball but that's what we have now. So uh, uh, I'm just saying we're building a wall in Mexico paying for it. All right. Can, can we? <laughs> Although so, at this point, it should probably be a dam. I'm really sorry, Houston. We love you. Hope you guys are all safe down there. By the way, as a side note, uh, if you are a comic book fan, the uh, comic book Redneck by Danny Cates is they have a t-shirt that says texas forever the proceeds of that are going to going to the people who are affected by the storm so definitely buy that just because that's going to be awesome of the shirt joker origin story with todd phillips scott silver and martin scorsese coming is it needed yes no. <laughs> brian is not getting any sleep <laughs> 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 yes, finally. I don't like the fact that they're going with Jack Napier, assuming they go with the comic that's also coming out because the, there's a comic coming out too that's going to be an origin story, and they're going with Burton's story of Joker, which I don't like. Um, well, I, 
hope they don't. You don't think that's going to destroy the mystique and the fundamentals of the character? You're talking to the guy that got sick of Walking Dead because they said that they're not going to give an origin to the virus. Like, I want my origin. I want my explanation. I want my front to back. You, you got the origin of the virus. What you're not going to get is a wrap up. All right, but fair. Enough. Yeah, but I mean, and keep reveal, in mind, you reveal the origin of the Joker, then you're cutting off the legs at the knee for anything in the future, and you're all the lore of that character is gone. But uh, what's boring yeah. to the Joker is the spiral of insanity, and I don't need his fall from grace. I need, I don't need that. I need, I need a gray, foggy past. <laughs> If it's done, I mean, I guess it depends on how into origin we go. If it's done well, because again, watch Gotham. Now they haven't quite labeled him Joker. They've called him a Joker, but the the character that's played by Cameron Mahonigan, Mah- whatever his name is, um, yep. that's essentially a Joker origin, and they've nailed it. They did really well with it. Like, I don't need an explanation more so than a how he got started would be cool. Make a can- I mean, if you make a is canical the right word? I feel like it's longer than canonical. That. there it is so if you do that right then uh, you aren't going to be able to have a show like that and really buy into it because you're going to be fighting for what the original story was sure you are it's a comic you got multiverse you say that now but when it happens you'll change your tune because you're just disagreeing with me to troll me no i'm not (laughs) Corey. Corey tagged me in this post what was it Corey? a few days ago and i said this sounds awesome the only thing about it that really upset me was the fact that jared leto isn't being cast for it because i would love to see more of him but he is being cast for suicide squad too which makes me super happy if you get a joker origin are you then anchored to one type of joker forever i don't think you're ever anchored to one type of joker i mean i can i can enjoy anything what's that you're going to have one straight timeline for the Joker, and I'm basically just playing devil's advocate at this point. Like, do you really want that Joker? You want the, the Leto, grill-filled, gangster, androgyny Joker? Well, it would depend. Like, I think, again, I would it would depend. I would rather have an anarchist Joker if I was going to have any, If I was going to have a film Joker, I would want fucking, yeah, like, anarchist Joker. Yes, the Ledger yeah, no, Joker. And I, and I agree. Like, I think that, and, and it's a shame that he passed away, I think that a, a a great Joker to get an origin from would have been Leto's. I'm I'm sorry, uh, Ledger's. But now again, you think so? Because I think he is the perfect Joker to just walk in from the mists. No, you just, you disagree. What Ledger did, I think was the perfect thing for Joker to do, or at least the Joker that he played to do, which was, he was the unreliable narrator. He told you his origin several times and every time it was different. Right. Because, he wants to create the story for you of what he's from and what he's about, but you'll never really know. Right. And that's, that makes him the, the parallel man in black for the Joker, right? He's just a maelstrom of insanity and he has no story, but he has all stories. Right. Isn't that what you want out of your Joker? Yeah. But yeah, what if I, mean, I could have told you the truth. Story. I could have told you a lie. You'll never know which one you got. Right. So if you're going to give me an origin story, then you better give it a caveat at the end where it's like, Oh, well maybe. Do it like the original Clue movie and have three different endings. And I have to go to the theater for every one. Yeah. I mean, because that's what DC is doing. DC right now has been saying that there are three different Jokers in their universe. Jeff Johns and, and everybody, when they relaunched, they said there's not just one Joker. There's several different ones. And I don't really know how that's playing out because fuck if I'm reading comics right now. But that is something that they were trying to do because there's just no way to explain how the Joker is what he is in so many different ways. How the Joker that Snyder was using and got his hand chopped off 
and and or had his face removed and how another Joker and how this other Joker in space and all this shit is happening unless there's different Jokers. And it's ridiculous and it's stupid, but at the same time, it at least keeps mystery alive. One of the things I think that ruined Wolverine overall to the point where they've killed the character and now they've had a future version of him existing in the main universe for a number of years is that they decided to tell Wolverine's origin. We never needed Wolverine's origin because again, like the men in black kind of thing, he's got a mystery to him. It makes him cool. When you define him, he loses some of his mystique. He loses some of his power. In, in fantasy, it's called name giving. When someone knows your true name, they have power over you. You are more powerful when there's less known. Not every character is like that, but certainly there are some that excel at it. And to kill those mysteries, I think, is really a detriment to the potential storytelling with those characters. This is, uh, and this is where I, I sort of agree, where I like the idea of a Joker movie where you could tell a origin story. And, you know, same thing with the comics where, like, you know, we've had Brian Azzarello's Joker and all these other things that would tell a version of his origin story. You know, much in the in the veins of Heath Ledger's Joker, where he's telling you all these different stories because he wants you to believe that he he's just batshit crazy. But to set, and this is what I said in the pre-show when Brandon came in, <laughs> was to say to give him to give the Joker an an origin story is to make him human. It's that whole name giving thing that Corey just talked about. It then lessens him as a psychopath. But psychopaths are a human, though. If anything, the fact that he has no powers is what humanizes him because he is a villain with no powers. Joker has no superpowers. He's just a psychopath. But his superpower is the fact that he is so unpredictable like, that you don't understand what his motivations are. Like He's that's so unpredictable. He's a master chemist. Joker in, its, Joker in his purest sense is like Batman in his purest sense. They are two, along with like Iron Man and whatnot, but they are a few of the only comic book characters that within the given realm they could exist in reality. There have been plenty of serial killers that if you put clown makeup on them could have resembled the Joker. Uh, resembled. You know, right, exactly. And that's, so here's my thought, right? Now, not, now not a not a one-to-one -one exact comparison, but do you, and I'm going to forget the name of the goddamn movie. Uh, the one with John Cusack, where they were all in a motel. Uh, identity. Identity. Where you had all these characters and by the way, we should watch this on Movie Busters, although I'm going to spoil it right now, where you had all these. So there's going to be spoilers for identity here. So if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, I'm sorry, but I have to spoil it to be able to make my point. Um, <clears throat> so you have all these characters that are in a hotel and they're all trapped because the bridge is out and there's a huge thunderstorm and then they start dying one by one. And then at the end, you find out that we are in the mind of a serial killer and he's being he's being spoken to by a, a psychotherapist who is removing his split personalities one by one. And that's these characters that keep dying because they're 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 essentially in his head. So what if what if the Joker origin story or movie or whatever is in that vein where you never actually see the Joker? but it's, and I know they're not going to go this way, but I'm just saying for, for concept of thought, you never actually see the Joker, but you see all these different personalities, which are essentially unmakeuped, unnamed embodiments of different Jokers that we've seen in the past. And they are all within the mind of this one man who is the Joker, but he's never actually revealed. It's like Star that movie where every, a whole bunch of different actors played Bob Dylan. I've never, I don't know. Yeah. 
because that would be kind of neat. Or the the movie where I think Heath Ledger passed away in it, and so they had a bunch of people come into veterinary of Doctor Parnassus, yeah, yeah, to fill in and play him in the part. That would be that would be interesting. But we are talking about a movie that is produced in some way by Martin Scorsese, uh, which is very straightforward mafia kind of films that we expect from him. Not that that's all that he's capable of. And then the writer director is the guy who brought us things like Road Trip and the Hangover films, which is already a very schizophrenic sounding film. Right. In the end, it doesn't matter because this is a character like everything else that has existed for 70 plus years. And the origin story that they tell will not be the origin story a year from then or two years from then or 10 years from then because it will change as the new writers come in and want to make their own thing with the Joker, which is the problem of having, having characters that continue on well past the point of them making any kind of sense. So if you want a sense out of it, you're not really going to get it, but you might get an interesting film. Right. I don't think that's all you want. In terms of film, I don't yeah. need origin stories at all anymore. Yeah, it, honestly, in all in all complete honesty, I would much rather have or watch a Joker and Harley movie as opposed to a Joker origin story movie. Because I love I love reading that dynamic. I love seeing that dynamic of you know of these people especially if they get to the point they get where harley quinn is over the joker and he's trying to win her back but in his own sort of you know crazy way we're getting a joker harley movie aren't we like isn't the whole suicide squad 2 and then yeah joker harley yeah which is as the title says from it's coming from the crazy stupid love filmmakers but i like to Pointed as the directors and executive producers of the NBC drama This Is Us are going to be writing a Joker and Harley Quinn movie. Now, I think that, I mean, if you want to talk about playing it careful or, 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 or playing it risky, however you want to look at it, like, I think that one stands to be more. I mean, if you want to be true to Joker Harley, it's a very goddamn abusive relationship. So what are we going to do? Make a make a movie about circus characters that just have domestic abuse issues the whole time like i mean so you're, you're either going to be true to the characters or and and make a very screwed up movie that's going to be very it's going to be difficult to make entertaining you know um, what you do is go watch natural born killers that's your movie that, that same dynamic yeah basically with Rodney yeah Jones. i mean if you're basing it off of what classically the origin of harley quinn was and the relationship of her and the joker was uh in the cartoons and the comics for years then yes, it's it's an abusive relationship. But that's not what they showed us in the film. What we saw it's in the film in Suicide Squad was her wanting that relationship, her embracing that relationship with him. It wasn't him abusing her. It was him well, they, abusing anybody else who was around her. They cut and, and yes, being controlling, but it wasn't the same degree as what we'd seen of him like punching her all the time. You don't think, well, okay, so there was a scene outside of the sports car that got a lot of shit before the movie came out, and it ended up being cut, but he basically backhanded her outside oh, the sports car. So there I was forgot that, about that, because I haven't seen the movie but once. Right, so there was that scene that got cut, and also, I mean, I don't know about you, but I would consider putting, like, electrical prods to the side of her head abuse. Like, he turned her from Dr. Harleen into Harley Quinn. He threw but her she, in the pit of the vat of wanted voluntarily. If you're going off of like what DC's doing right now with their fucking Nightwing Harley Quinn cartoon, there seemed to be an implied consent, uh, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. There's there's a safe word that never gets spoken. <laughs> right. And right. so again, it may be consent of someone who shouldn't 
who isn't mentally there to give consent. I don't know. But it felt like they were trying to stay on one side of that line for the film portrayal. Because you're absolutely right. The the classic portrayal of Harley Quinn with the Joker is an abusive relationship. And that's why what Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor have done with her in her own comic of separating her from the Joker and giving her empowerment and mm-hmm. not being under his abusive thumb anymore is, is a s- giant step forward for the character. But there are still people who have that romantic sense of the Joker and Harley together. Uh, because some people love the crazy just like natural born mm-hmm. killers some people f- see that as a romantic film in its own right right and and that's it's okay for the fantasy to have that but you also need to understand the signs of what abuse is and to not let yourself be abused but if you are a person who finds the interest in exploring the fantasy of that right then i'm not one to stop you from it well, and they've also grown bigger than that, too. I mean, once you pull away from that, like there are plenty of couples that cosplay as Joker and Harley. Um, mm-hmm. I have a handful of Funko Pop that were sold in a set of pairs that are Joker Harley. I have like I have Beach Joker Harley. So Which they're, they're from definitely- that set series that uh, Corey is talking about. Oh, is, OK. Yeah. So so they're, yep. they're definitely there. And, and, and they, they've pulled beyond that a lot. The Arkham games, they don't really focus on the abuse too much. Like she's just trying to suck up to Mr. J. Like, I mean, they have kind of broken it a little bit. But again, like, are, we, are they going to stay true to it? Or like, is anyone going to care? I mean, I don't know. But back to the whole point, like the origin story. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, we'll see. I don't have faith in DC. I didn't again. I didn't like Suicide Squad. I loved Leto as Joker. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the movie. <laughs> So you can have another crossover event with Marvel and DC and give Harley Quinn to Deadpool and then have a good movie. Oh, that would be amazing. Which they did in DC, in the uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Manic Connor comic by renaming him Red Tool as a futuristic fan, like basically fanboy of her, and he traveled back in time originally sent to kill her. Well, that's excellent. I wish I'd known about that. <laughs> basically, what me and Corey have just said is read the Harley Quinn comic book uh, you know, from the new 52 and now into rebirth and you'll get a lot of this. And also I will add on top of what Corey said with uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Manic Connor, you also have recently you have the, or the backstories in the past nine issues of Harley Quinn with the story Joker love or Harley loves Joker that he, that Jimmy Palmiotti did with Paul Dini. And yeah. it's done in the Batman animated series style. It's this brilliant story. There's not the blatant uh, abuse, but there's the, sort of the implied abuse when she does things wrong but it's like and like i can't help but read that backstory with and hear mark hamill saying what why would you do this thing or whatever (laughs) as she's the whole story she's trying to appease him by making them a new layer after she cost the joker a big ransom thing because she left her jacket at the place that they robbed and the batman found it and arrested them so I have I have two quick questions if I can. So one, okay. Suicide Squad's already changed a lot. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. Joker is a, a grilled up gangster, you know. So who knows what two's gonna do, right? So what if? So as you said, in Suicide Squad, it was like Harley was asking for it. She was there was consent. She wanted it. That's so. What if they just do a complete swap and they make it to where Harley suckered him into this and she ended up twisting the Joker's head? So we get the abusive relationship, but it's Harley abusing Joker. It would definitely be more interesting. And I think it would be more socially acceptable. Oh, well, of course, because we live in a society. Now, there there will be people who will say that abuse is abuse, and and rightly so. Well, right, but I mean, 
a woman like again that scene got cut from the movie but you can put a scene with a woman backhanding a man in a movie and no one blinks at it I, so it's it's just one of those. I, I would not put it past people today to not blink at it. There is a Twitter now. That's true. That's true. So I mean, without going too much into that, my other question is because this this is always fun. Okay, so we know it's not going to be Leto. Ledger passed away. It's obviously not going to be Nicholson or Hamill. Joker origin movie in current Hollywood. Who do we cast? I the part of me wants it to be an unknown unknown simply because I don't want a recognizable Joker. And what I think both Ledger and Leto pulled off is that they were very different from who we expected them to be. Mm -hmm. Nicholson didn't. Nicholson was Nicholson. Well, that's why I don't like his job. You love Nicholson. Yeah, but he was just himself. Yeah, he was Nicholson in face paint. But I would prefer it to be somebody who can lose themselves in the part and somebody who has a lot of range because if we do have to see them go from, from zero to 980 in an instant and then be able to back off from it, which is what my expectations of a Joker would be in a film. It's It's got to be a really good actor who can do that as well. So it's hard to choose an unknown. So I'm just going to say the guy who played Ron in Harry Potter because I'd like to be a ginger. It's a, you should watch Gotham. It's a ginger in Gotham. Rupert Grint? Yes, Rupert Grint. Also because I like Rupert Grint. Right, I like that. I mean, his brother did a pretty good callous psycho in episode seven. Not his actual brother, but the brother from the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, Domino Gleason. Yeah. Thank you. Really quick in the chat there. A deadly serious Jim Carrey. Man, if, if it wasn't an origin story, Jim Carrey is an older Joker. Well, you have that in, in uh, 21, right? 23. 23. Number 23. I loved that movie. We should do that movie. Oh, we should. Man. Yeah, good. Because I have, I have a, I, I mean, I just got some chills. I have a story about that movie. You saved that story. I'm going to save that for your. If you want to hear the story, listen to Movie Busters. <laughs> At a time to be determined when they do a number 23. Our 23rd, epi- our 23rd episode, it has to be. If we make it. There you go. It can't be the 23rd episode because that negates the whole point of the movie. It has to be like some other episode that breaks down into 23. Oh, the inverse of 23. So the 32nd episode? No. Or the it's going to take you to the 23rd episode just to figure out the math. I know that's what <laughs> I just wanted or to the do that. Everybody would get all pissed. Or the forty-second episode, or forty-sixth episode. The answer is always. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to watch the intro of the movie because they do a bunch of the conspiracy theory stuff, where like the way nine eleven tied into the number twenty-three and things like that. So I'll find one of the math problems they put at the intro, and then I'll work that into an episode number. Nice. Nobody else for a casting opinion. I can't see. I'm horrible at the casting opinions. I like the unknown. I think I think that's the way to go. Rupert Grint is doing Snatch on Crackle, which I've yet to watch. Yeah, I'd I like don't to check that out. He does not. I don't know if he has the chops to do a Joker, unless you want to really. I'm going to play the card that everyone wants to play, and I'm going to say Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs> Just because everyone's like, "Oh, there's a new James Bond. Who should we get to play James Bond? Idris Elba, new Joker. Who do we get to play him? Idris oh, Elba. What a young John Malkovich. Yeah. Or or a young, uh, well, the, the guy that played Commissioner Gordon. Gary Oldman? Gary Oldman, yes. Yeah. How about Not- a B John Malkovich type movie, but it's being Jack Napier, and you get to pay to go into the Joker's head. What, a, what about oh, man, uh, do a Joker movie where you go into his head and it's fucking like Saw in there? Although they've done that. It was it was some I, of the Freddy Krueger movie. suggestion was you do the whole thing in the mind of the Joker and have it be the origin story in the head of the Joker, which would give yeah. you the origin story, but would also make it so it's just a psycho's telling like it was in The Dark Knight. Uh, yeah, but when I say it, it sounds cool. 
What about Nicolas Cage? <laughs> what about Nicolas Cage? Yeah, what about Nicolas Cage? Then it's just going to be an empty room. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Evan says Willem Dafoe. Yeah. I mean, everyone does that Photoshop. I think visually he's got an old Joker. I don't after seeing and Willem Dafoe already played the Joker in Spider-Man as the Green Goblin. It was Green Goblin. God, that was horrible. You mean, you mean when he was the Green Power Ranger villain? It wasn't his fault. It was shitty costume. Panoramic on the roof. Studio notes. Studio notes. You know, where you want to see a good Willem Dafoe is in existence. I loved him in Boondock Saints. You'll yeah. Hell yeah. Boondock Saints. Saints. Our state's own Bob Marley. Mr. Bob Marley. Yep. <laughs> who do we who do we cast to play Joker's estranged cousin? Corey Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I think, we, I think you'd be a better casting choice on that. Sorry, Corey. <laughs> he gets all his anger issues for me when anybody mentions fucking Zack Snyder movies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So speaking of streaming services, there we talked about this a week, couple weeks ago the Malar World Netflix deal. And so there's a little bit more coming out about what's going on because with this deal, a lot of people knew, you know, of, and we had talked about this before with the Kingsman movies, um, Wanted, which I thought would have reverted back to him by now, but, um, and uh, Kick-Ass are all out in other, you know, at other studios right now for movies and all that. And we get, so people are like, well, what's going to be next? What's, you know, what's going to be do-? like, and I guess this deal was pretty tricky. Um, and as, because as Corey can explain, explain more mark millar doesn't use one artist for his stuff he basically he, he best- teams up with artists they're considered co-creators so which is great yeah i'm not a huge mark miller fan but what he does is he gets artists as co-creators and then when he sells his stuff because most of his stuff is pretty much just a pitch of oh well this is what if batman was a bad guy here's a fucking comic you know what if what if this was this. Here's a fucking comic. And then he sells the pitch because all it is is a fucking elevator pitch to a movie studio put in a comic book form. Then that artist gets mm. the benefits of it. That's that's a huge reason to team up with him. For one, his stuff does sell. The, he has a, a very big audience. But I think the properties get better when they're made into films than I've found them to be in the comics. But the artist getting their big payout from it is terrific to me because I, I want to see that happen. And that's what doesn't really happen as much with the people who are making the comics for DC and Marvel because they don't own the properties. Yeah. So the sources to uh, this is uh, the deal was inked on August 7th. So we, we don't know the exact details, but a couple of sources have said that it's that the deal is worth anywhere from 30 million to the $50 million range. And as we mentioned with the other artists, there's this complication, like he had to iron out all these deals with the, all the artists because they are considered co-creators and so you get in this and i've i heard i saw in the article it said that they're getting you know six figures into this six to seven figures depending on what their deal was and what it was set up and everything how far along they were in the project if it was something that was actually released versus something that was conceptualized i'd imagine they get more i saw some artists and i don't know in what context he's worked with miller but he said he was away on a camping trip for the weekend he came home and he saw a giant jump in his bank account thanks to Miller wow. and Netflix. And and I'm not saying he didn't know that something was going on ahead of time, but it was just like, yeah, all right. So all this stuff is being handled by somebody else. And I go away and I've got this much money and I come back and all of a sudden I've got several hundred thousand more. Yeah. That's a pretty incredible thing. So a couple, like three of the things that 
this article from the Hollywood Reporter is bringing up that could be, you know, new projects for Netflix are things that I'm seeing that I have read and that I could see being, you know, projects. I'm going to start with one that I think would be would make the best TV show, and that's uh, Jupiter's Legacy. This is the one that everyone is saying would would be the best just because of the fact that you've got with how this is set up, it is set up as basically like you have the justice league and then you have the their kids and the kids are, are at the at the you know the you know 20s and 30s and some of them have kids and all hell is broken loose when some of the heroes turn bad and some of the bad guys turn good from the old generation and the shit hits the fan essentially with this so i could i honestly would see that as a tv series because you'd have that intrigue you know i i could, I could honestly pitch this to hbo you know yeah, like an hbo show, say, show oh it's like game of thrones with superheroes yeah yeah who is not going to be interested in hearing that pitch <laughs> exactly um the other two that they mentioned are reborn and mph um, which reborn is a drama that suggests the afterlife brings you into a war alongside those who you knew or you knew when you were alive the art by that that one i'm I'm mainly loving that idea because the art is done by greg capullo and that art is fantastic in that series but it is a really interesting it would make an interesting movie you know and then they like they do reborn 2 and all that stuff later on but it would make more of an interesting tv or movie for me than a like tv series just because it's like there's stuff there but there's not a lot to make multiple seasons out of yet and then this, like the third great. I just again like I think that would go the way of the dark tower and they just wouldn't yeah. justice. Oh yeah, it's it's really interesting because I start like I start overthinking when I was reading that that series because it's like you get they're talking about the um like the afterlife like you're following this old lady and she's in a coma so she's in the afterlife or or did she die? She either died or was in a coma, one of the two. And she meets up with her father and their dog from when she was a kid and they're like oh where have you been this whole time and stuff like that and it turns out she has powers and they have to go fight their cat because cats are dicks <laughs> and, and stuff like that and like I'm, I'm oversimplifying it but it was a good it was a good read and it, it, it's really compelling the other one that's really compelling because i and this is one that i talked about when it came out in um in the single issues was mph just from the opening they uh basically there's a drug that gives you the powers of the flash you start you run really fast people from detroit from the rundown area of detroit even though the if you want to get super technical the opening scene start is technically set in jackson because they said the state prison and uh, we got the state prison and they ran uh -huh. really fast to detroit yeah and so, so coming really fast is that what's going on in the yeah yeah it's people like the, the one dude wants to you know run you know huh, run clean like uh -huh. he just wants to like do good because he's got you know th these family members he doesn't want the whole like his his younger brother and stuff to be in to get involved with this gang life but his younger brother is like we can run really fast let's steal shit like let's steal money <laughs> So they steal money and run out to California. This one I'm torn on because I could see it being a movie, but I can also see it being a TV series. Does it end up going in the same kind of vein as like Limitless, where the drug is great at first and then everything goes to hell? A little bit. So yeah. it's, I was going to say that it's, movie, I don't know what it was called. I just call it Super Dicks uh, that Josh <laughs> Trank did. That, uh, uh, Chronicle. Yeah. 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 It, it is a little bit because it's, 
I mean, it's it's a little bit like Breaking Bad in that aspect too, because they're except they're the users, not the distributors. And then the government's involved with that shit. And like, there's other stuff. There's other series that I don't know if there are already deals for that I could see being something like this. But those were three that the article had, and I knew, you know, we, well, one we were going to get Corey in here, and he's he has a love hate relationship when it when it comes to Mark Millar. What do you guys think about these about these uh, three three titles at the least, like with the deals that they got here? I think that MPH and Reborn sound cool, and then Jupiter's Legacy seems like I don't know a cheapened Defenders meets the Watchmen. Jupiter's Legacy, honestly, with how it reads, it reads very much like a drama, like a hardcore drama. There are some powers and stuff like that, but I mean, you're trying to think of a good comparison that's already aired but i'm not but so it's going to have that aspect of it where you're where you have this you know like like game of thrones you know we've got all this intrigue and stuff like that and they have the powers but the powers aren't necessarily the focus it's all the political it's window dressing it's it's what it's what we've said marvel does with their films although i don't know that they quite really gone as far into it but the idea is to have each of the films have their own different take and the superhero stuff is is around it and and they certainly don't abandon the superhero stuff in the marvel movies at all but it's like here's game of thrones but people with superpowers and here's you know people fighting over drugs and the the brother versus brother thing of i want to do things the right way and and so it's uh, boys in the hood except with super speed. You know, it's a very simple thing to do to take something that already exists in a, in a timeless story and the hero's journey or whatever else, and then add that one little notch to make it like, oh, but it's also got this. So we'll bring people in who like superhero stuff, but then we'll give them a story that's actually from something that they wouldn't expect. And and comics have done that for years. I mean, Watchmen really was one of the things that did that for years. But it's not new it's just a an interesting take on stuff that people are already enjoying and that that's perfectly reasonable i think that's where marvel has really nailed it is that there's genre films that happen to have superheroes yeah uh, like ant-man was a heist film you know and then there are you know they have the political stuff they have the terrorism stuff like they have all these different like like you said exactly it's it's they aren't superhero movies they are they're topical of their own genre, but they just happen like their main characters happen to be superheroes. And they, they have a way of, of having the, the superheroes work in different types of movies past their own. So after Ant-Man right. appears in his heist movie, he's still able to go and be in Civil War and feel perfectly authentic as Ant-Man, but work in this big superhero movie that is right. just straight up superheroes uh, fighting against each other. So because he's a superhero, they can put him in a superhero movie, but also have him do things outside of that realm. Right. right. So I'm going to end this by saying, with finishing out the article, because they mentioned that um, for as for the future, uh, September, we're going to see the Kingsman, the Red Diamond comic book series, which is going to tie into the second Kingsman movie. And I think this is a first with Mark Millar's creator-owned stuff that he's not writing the book. This is, it's going to be written by Rob Williams, the writer of DC's, uh, Suicide Squad book. Um, he'll be writing it, and I'm pretty sure the artist who drew the book will be drawing it again. So, Corey, have you seen Mark Millar do that before, where someone else writes the book? He was trying to get people. He, he advertised about this a few years ago, and I think he was starting to look at stuff to do that. I think he also did some things with his magazine Clint, 
where he was mm-hmm. bringing people in to do stories. It it makes sense because at some point you can't be the one who creates for everything. I mean, that's the Stan Lee method. Stan Lee writes everything in the Marvel comic universe. Jack Kirby draws 80% of everything in the Marvel universe. But then at some point you have to move on to your next project and pass that along to somebody else. Are you trying uh, to say that Brandon and I shouldn't be the host of every podcast on Inked Geek Studios? <laughs> I'm saying you shouldn't. Specifically, you should not. Uh, Brandon's just fine. But... No, I, I <laughs> but that's that's exactly it though. Is like in Miller's case, it's not too different from what Image themselves did. All the guys who went and left Marvel Comics and and DC Comics, they basically went to DC the next day and said, "We're not going to work for you anymore." Either they started their own company and they started out making their own books, but then they got more people to make the books for them under their banner heads. And so when Jim Lee sold Wildstorm off to DC. You know, it kind of sucked because he was selling out a bunch of people who worked for him, including people uh, who did not want to work for DC, like, you know, Alan Moore. But he had this huge empire where he had made a baby Marvel. You know, Rob Liefeld had a baby Marvel slash DC with Extreme Studios. McFarlane pretty much just concentrated on Spawn. But you look at Kirkman. Kirkman's writing all of his stuff himself, but he has had other people come in and write books under his banner head before it's rare Mm -hmm. and it seems like his stuff is the stuff that specifically sells and in the long run i think at some point yeah if kirkman said i make a walking dead comic book and i want all the shows to just be based completely off my comic book so i'm the only writer on the tv series it probably wouldn't have worked out well for him he knows when to back off and let other people pick up the the pace for him because he can't do it all so Corey, before i get to the other point of talking about about mark millar himself i got a question for you because you you talked about how Brandon and Nate do all the Ink Geek shows. Here we go. Who, who, who's Stanley? Who's Jack Kirby? Well, I think Amy Frost is both. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> is, that is a very grand addition to the studio. I cannot deny that. <laughs> saw the Puppet Master there, didn't you? <laughs> all right. So the final thing with the article I'm going to put on is Mark Millar, who hasn't done any press or and has refused interviews since the deal was revealed has only teased that he's working on uh, stuff for that'll be coming out in the spring. Um, he said, and this is a quote, I'm going undercover between now and spring as I stockpile all the new projects we're putting together, but you'll hear about them very soon. Basically I interpret that as I'm rolling around on my money y'all. Uh, no, I think it's, it's more, I'm going to go pick up the last 15 years of comic books and see what ideas I can steal. <laughs> <laughs> or that. I was wondering that earlier about plagiarism when you talk about, I mean, even with Mythbusters, you see all these movies. You've seen those movies before. They just change the story a little bit, right? So I guess outside of copying it word for word, a, a trope is a trope, and you have all of your yeah. types of movie plot, right? So there's really nothing new. Everything is just done and done and done. Which is one of my most angry things about movies, and one of the things that I complain about is what Miller doesn't do, which is why are you going to give me the same movie done over again when I've already had that movie and and just like do a remake of it? Like, why do I need point break 20 years after the first point break when the first point break still stands up as a great film? I mean, not the fucking genius movie, but it was a really great film for its time. And I don't think the new one does anything that makes it better or makes it even worth the time to watch it. Total recall, things like that. So I don't need that shit do something new and and you can have ideas taken from the other one 
but why do you have to just try to dress it up and like pretend it's the same thing? Ghostbusters. Like I'm not someone who pisses on it because it was women because I, I love those actresses, but I think they made a pretty shoddy Ghostbusters movie. And if they had done something different, the expectations would not have been what they were. And certainly the internet wouldn't have pissed and moaned about it as much. No. But if they had just done something different, it might have been more successful because it wouldn't have had to stand up against what Ghostbusters was because it couldn't be that Ghostbusters. This goes back to what I said about gender bending in comics and making male heroes female. I really think that they shouldn't have to be standing on the pedestal of their predecessor. They should be able to be built upon something original. But also, don't you think that we're kind of a cross-section of humanity that is going to care, whereas the layman is just going to watch this shit mindlessly and they're not going to care as much? No. Probably. And I can tell you why. I knew you could. Because because nostalgia (laughs) is the biggest selling point right now in all of Hollywood, in books, uh, when you look at your Ready Player Ones, in, yep. in TV and everything, it's nostalgia is what is pulling people's interest, and and it is an instant sell. Your your geek T-shirts, like uh, all the fucking T-shirts I wear, are based around either modern properties or nostalgic properties more than anything, and that is a huge draw for people. It's this: I grew up with this, I love this, give me more of this, and so we can't give up any of the Robins. DC comes back, they they relaunch their universe, and here's a Batman who's had four fucking Robins in a five-year span, and they have to try to make fucking sense out of this. And like, well, Dick Grayson was Robin, but he became Nightwing. And Jason Todd was Robin, and he was somehow killed and came back to life, and fuck that fucking shit, and he became Red Hood. And Tim Drake was never actually Robin, he was Red Robin, and uh, we're going to just fuck up his entire history. Mm-hmm. But uh, put him in Teen Titans for some reason with wings. And then uh, Damien, the 10-year-old son of the five-year superhero, is fucking boasting around with a goddamn bow staff and shit. I, I don't fucking understand it. Oh, but you can't have Stephanie be a Robin because bitches don't play. So, yeah. And nobody wants to lose a fucking Robin. And I don't want to lose a Robin because I love all those characters. But I had fucking 80 years of reading the comic books to get to know those characters and to learn to love them. And it made sense in that context without thinking too hard of like, but why are these guys 80 years old and look like they're in their fucking 20s? My balls have dropped. What's going on, Bruce? What do you got? Some fucking mystique shit happening? All I know is that it's hard to give up the things you love and it's hard to say no more. It's hard to say no more of that. Like it's retiring a show when it's gone on too long. It's like, yeah, I don't want to see the show go, but it's probably better for me if they fucking take that shit away because it's not going to give room for anything else to come in and fill its place and be the next thing. But people don't want the new. They want the familiar. Corey wants because uh, I totally agree with everything Corey says, but at the same time, if you didn't have that, what would you hate fuck? I mean, you want your nostalgia, whether you like it or not. I'd hate fucking Teddy Ruxpin because it reminds me of my childhood. (laughs) I want Corey to do a new show that's a daily show called Corey's Five Minute Rant. Where he just gets really angry and rants because I tell you, man, you are feisty tonight. Who is going to edit down the three hours to get it just to the five yeah. minutes? I was just say, is this sort of like a uh, like a half hour happy hour thing where it's not a half hour? It's it's like three hours. If I tried to do a daily show, you would actually watch me age in real time. <laughs> Next. So no, along with nostalgia, and then also in in the in the chat there, it was a. Uh, uh, stop making everything a franchise. And again, you've got that with video games too. Like 
So you have the 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 NES Classic, which was gone in seconds. You have the SNES Classic, which is also already gone, even though it's not out yet. And then with the franchise, like I mean, we've got Uncharted Four that or the uh, Uncharted Five, I guess, whatever the hell they called it, that just came out on PS4 this past Tuesday with two characters that nobody gives a shit about because Drake is done. Drake was done in four. So, but because but. You know, they're just they're simply using the Uncharted name to sell another game. I can't speak for the video games, but for the consoles, those classic things, they're creating their own demand by releasing them limitedly. Well, no, they are because the, but Nintendo does that well. Look at the Switch. Well, I don't know about well. Has anything really been successful? Is this? I know the Switch is in high demand. Yes, the Switch is ridiculously successful right now. Is it really though? How long did you touch your Switch last? Well, they don't care if when I, there's no subscription, there's no subscription price. They don't care when I touch it. They care if I buy it. I care when you touch it. When last did you touch it? Yeah, <laughs> before we, because this is it for the news and we'll be right back for the else views here in a second. But before we do that, got a quick thing, let you know about our Patreon over at uh, gncasts.com slash support. There's going to be two, two things you can do there. First one is the Patreon. Um, You go there, you donate money to us, you support us, you become a partner. And with that, you're going to get exclusive stuff. You're going to get my comic book recommendations for the week. And you're also going to get Peter Fisher's app review show, which is going to be coming out here in the near future. And all this is, I believe it starts at $3 a month, which I mean, that's a Starbucks, co- that's a small Starbucks coffee. So go there, gncast.com support. The other option, of course, is the Amazon affiliate link. You go through that. You give us our Jeff Bezos money. We love it. I just gave Nate uh, Jeff Bezos money on Friday by subscribing to Ink Geek Studios on on Twitch. There, so, um, but yeah, ways to help us out: gncast.com/support. And now it is time for the else view. So this should take another four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, Brandon's just gonna get off this podcast and just go straight to work. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Watch my sleep time go down. It's down to like two hours now. Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna go first because mine's gonna be really quick because I did talk about this a little bit on uh, Mind of a Geek, but uh, mine is a Android app. I am not sure if it's available on iOS. That's mainly because I have Android. And this is an app called Triple Agent. This is a mafia style game where you have two warring sides all you need for it is just a device a android device and you need at least five players so Corey, this is uh I, honestly this is a lot like the game you recommended a couple years ago uh one night ultimate werewolf um yep. except with with less abilities for everyone like less it set on, abilities it is on it iOS. Is? yeah all right awesome and so with this you have so like like for example we've got six people here we could all play this in theory right now and I'm there, there's, <laughs> there's always going to be less of the opposition or also known as virus agents than there are the good guys who are known as the service or agents of the service. And you go through, you set up the player names and then you pass it around. The virus agents know who each other are. So for example, let's say that Brandon and Nate were the virus agents. Brandon holds up the phone. It says, okay, you know, you tap it to, you press and hold to go through the screen it says you're you're a member of virus so is nate pass it along and it just says for everyone else it says there are two virus agents out there and the next round is your intel you're given this intel at, that you say aloud and they give you the secret intel and you can either lie about it so for example brandon could get we have two people 
coming in or we have names of two people who are on virus and you and then he can straight up lie and be like evan and beatmaster are virus agents that's what the intel told me told me that these those guys are virus they're so legitly virus and then it passes around we get through everyone and then you get to the voting stage after a discussion and then you vote for one person if the service people get nominate a virus agent they win if no if anyone else is nominated then the virus guys win <laughs> no and it's virus it's there are dots in between so it's not like i'm calling you guys an std it's like it probably stands for something that they came up with as a clever thing but yeah it's really quick like all in all i think it takes like maybe 15 minutes to play around and you know it's anywhere from five to nine players and actually it's brilliantly done where there's no ads it's a free app to download the way they get you to support them is with the expansion pack the expansion pack costs uh 2.99 at least 2.99 on android i'm not 100 sure how much it is on ios and you get more intel more features that way and it's freaking awesome there's new roles like the triple agent so it's the a double agent working for they think they're working for virus but really they're working for the the service and all these other things and it adds this added layer of fun but yeah, so there's triple agent it is available on ios and android go download it now so Corey has passed a lot or passed on his nerding out his else view because we're probably just going to talk for the next two hours about brandon's and that is game of thrones season seven don't say two hours <laughs> <laughs> he goes to work in two hours <laughs> do not say two hours no no i need to uh get a new job so i can be more in line with the schedule of all these shows because every time we do a show i'm just about done with my day it's terrible game of thrones yes. season finale so how many people here actually watch game of thrones i know nate doesn't i do i watch, no, I watch the I, season finale at a bar I, I i am aware that a little finger got cut off you are you are <laughs> So we've obviously passed the books at this point, and the directors, the double Ds, are basically hitting bullet points that Martin wants them to hit. So do you guys think that this season as a whole has lived up to previous seasons? Better, better, worse? Action scene-wise, like the big plot points, yes. Some of the finer details, I feel like it's lacking a little bit. I feel like that is a big problem. Those finer details yeah. are, are fundamentally what make that show... A different kind of fantasy than any other fantasy that you would get yeah. i mean we've reached the point now where we have the white walkers we have the dragons we have everything that we wanted but do we actually want it now that we have it i personally i'm still happy with it but i can see the cracks in the ship at this point i see a lot of people saying yeah. that go jump the shark with after east watch i don't necessarily agree with that but i see a lot of problems where yeah we're moving a lot faster now and we're running out of time to wrap this up but you've made a lot of jumps and i think there could have been a lot more kevin smith-esque like dialogue of people in rooms i mean i'm really big on dialogue i like to i listen to Corey talk right so i like to listen to dialogue <laughs> <laughs> so in the lord of the rings movies the trilogy it took three movies and let's say about a hundred fucking hours for those people to walk from one place to another place and game of thrones this season seems to have thrown all that to the fucking wind and just you teleport wherever you need to be that is a big part of it i think brandon you you completely nailed it in that it's it's written from an outline it's not written from stories because they and got a so, patch update that added hearthstone yeah exactly so teleport to their recall points i have a hearthstone <laughs> in my fire 
boys. Yeah, no, uh, unless you're Gendry, in which case you can Super Mario it back to the fucking castle. I don't <laughs> understand how far they went, if they zigzagged, what happened, but he ran a beeline right back to Eastwash through the gate. Yeah. Well, I was going to move on to the end of the, the finale where the wall, spoilers, three, two, one, one fucking dragon, no matter what frost dragon whatever he's spewing you're not going to bring the wall down with one dragon it's ridiculous yeah i heard they had cinda grossa in the episode i, I saw thought, i saw you I, questioning the post last night on facebook yeah i i was told that as a as a, a wrath of the lich king fan i need to at least watch this episode because i'll get like a glimpse of what the warcraft movie should have been yeah the other thing that i i saw was they were saying that because the dragon has blue eyes and is a little bit more paler and is spewing out blue fire that he was the blue eyes white dragon from Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and all that, complete with doing the Photoshop of making the White Walker King look like uh I'm blanking on his name, but the, the character who always played with the blue eyes white dragon in Yu-Gi-Oh! and making Jon Snow Yugi from the show, which I found yeah. a little bit a little bit amusing at the time. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I see it. I've only ever played the card game, but even then, I have no knowledge of that at all. Yeah, I don't know. The it's the one. It's I think it's the Saito starter deck when they the game first came out. They had the it was just dragon that was like looked like it was metal and it had blue eyes, mm. and it was white. So that's how they called it, blue eyes white dragon, and all that. Speaking of white, is the dragon a white or is it a white walker? Meaning, it's, it's a draculich. Touche. Uh, it first of all, it doesn't walk; it flies. Oh, but uh, uh, we yeah. watched walk down the wall last night. We watched mm -hmm. Drogon walk down the wall at the fucking Coliseum. Or it, was, it was falling with style. <laughs> with style. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there are still some good character moments about Game of Thrones, bitches. Top that. <laughs> <laughs> There's still good character moments going on, but it feels like we're rushing through things to get to these marks of like, now the, the show is like, we've killed so many people off that we're just left with the, with the favorites now. Yeah. And, and so it's hard, it's hard not to enjoy what we have happening because we've been with the story with these people for so long and we're seeing things come together and we're seeing things, but it loses the impact because the story's not there to really make these moments worth it. And so when you get a reveal of Jon Snow's name, you have no context of anything of what that means and it's just kind of thrown together slapdash. It's like, oh, I remember Gilly saying this thing out of this fucking book a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to give her credit, but um, yeah, here you go. <laughs> and... Can I ask a quick question? Because I, I want to know the spoilers, but I didn't watch it. So who is he? What's his real name? He's a, he's a, he's a Targaryen, which, which is great in a Star Wars sense, because while uh, Bren is, you know, being his mystical, weird fucko self, telling Samuel Wait, Tarly. Targaryen, so like Dragon Girl, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. yes. Like, oh, no, hold on. It gets, it's, it gets better. While well, yeah. he's telling like, where we're starting with incest and ending with incest, basically you're yes. starting with incest for the evil, and now you're having incest for good. So yeah, Jon Snow ends but, up being big on no, target. No, 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 no. There's your show title: hashtag incest for good. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the final Elsner show. <laughs> Started with incest, and we ended with incest. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun folks it's a, it's a family story <laughs> yeah but no, 
<laughs> but no, in all seriousness, while they're doing the whole, like they're saying, oh, his name's like Edwin Targaryen or whatever, you see him knocking on her door and then cut back to to them up in West. And then knocking on her boots. Yeah. yeah. And, all, and then everyone at the bar is like, oh, I'm like, okay, cool. They're, I mean, you're really, we got Cersei and Jamie who do it daily, nightly, and ever so rightly. And now we got this. I mean, come on. <laughs> you're having dirty, nasty incest with Jamie and Cersei. And now you're having innocent, pure, loving incest with the other two. Did anybody think that when he was outside of the door looking awestruck that they cut that on purpose so it seemed like he was outside the room that Bran and Samwell were in? I mean, it's obvious, right? And given that we've had so many jump cuts in this season, it's yeah. believable that he could have been outside of that, that room. John? Yeah, because they have the I big reveal where he's Aegon Targaryen and then they cut right to him standing outside of a door looking exasperated. So it really looks like he could have been listening into that conversation even though we all know where he actually is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. If at first, if you didn't notice that there was a dragon on the door right. and all that, but it's like, if you're just looking like, oh, he's standing right there. And then, oh, wait, he's knocking on his cousin's door, or however the relationship is. His uh, aunt. <laughs> but yeah, hey, he aunt, can you help me? I, uh, I didn't like the way that Littlefinger died purely because the whole plot line there was a fucking mess. It was not done Again, well because it was, it was condensed down too much. They were trying to get so much done in the seven episodes and they also i feel like they wanted to have we need to have a sizable death in the the ending of the the season and and so that was just like here's here's the points we have to do to get to that and that's all we got it's a bare bones it's like reading a novel and then the next novel is coming out but you don't get to read the next novel you read the outline right well you get no payoff with little finger either that's not even he's been around for a while and yes it's it's a just death for us we feel good about it. with Jon snow and torment and everybody else they've had so many close calls now it, it's you're getting all this information so you're getting an orgasm with no foreplay but there's no danger yeah. in it either you know Jon snow's not gonna die you know that Clegane is going to have to fight the mountain. So yeah. you know he's be around right. for a little longer. Everybody else, you're not worried about where it used to be. You never know what's going to happen. Yes. What can happen? That's gone now. So now, yeah, they, now it's just, now it's become cliche. Right. They um, pick spectacle now rather than death, which is, is still satisfying, but you don't get the oh shit moment out of it. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, one of my friends brought up while i was at the watch party yesterday was that he had a theory as to what was going to happen with the whole aria sansa and Littlefinger thing that and he said that sansa or that aria was going to kill Littlefinger and then also possibly kill sansa in like a accidental sort of way but then he also said that aria was going to then make a meat puppet out of Littlefinger and take his face that um, was another thing that got no payoff was the faceless man thing they played it yeah to be crazy towards Sansa and then they did a 180 and gave us like a Harry Potter Goblet of Fire ending. Well, everything's going to be different now, Ari. <laughs> and looking out over the field together and it's just after all of that, like all the things that they left out of that storyline. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was presented like we were the ones who who should be getting the, the background information, but it was presented like it's supposed to be, oh, but really what they're doing is they're putting on a show for Littlefinger to be able to fool him, but we never saw Littlefinger really watching them and getting all this interaction between them. So it's really, it's meant to fool the audience, which is a cheap yeah. shit thing to do. Well, we did see Littlefinger do the switcheroo with the scrolls and in turn be the one fooling Arya, but that got no payoff either. Yeah. 
it it was very poorly done at a point in time where I mean we're supposed to have developed these characters to a point where yeah we want to see them pull a twist on Littlefinger we want to see them outsmart him but we don't get to see them outsmart him we just get to see the reveal of oh we outsmarted you how doesn't fucking matter does it you know from the speech that that Sansa gives it's basically like you said this thing to me. Now I'm saying it back to you. It was because you said it to me five minutes ago that I decided, oh, well, shit, Littlefinger must be the one to blame. So you put it in my head and it completely deflates all the cool shit we built with Sansa and with Arya up until that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was it a, head, which is if it was a, uh, to, to go back to the heist film thing, if it was an Ocean's Eleven movie, they would have gone backwards and shown us the steps along where they like pass notes to each other and shit and where brands like, Hey, see this fucking knife. Yeah. This didn't belong to anybody from our family. What the fuck is this? They would have done all those things to at least at the end, make it all come together and say like, Oh, we just missed these parts. You know what you really need? need You need Guy Ritchie to direct an episode. If you want that Guy Ritchie needs a job right now. So yeah, it's, that'd be okay. King Arthur was great. I love that. Oh, movie. I, I'm sure I'll love it. You mix but I the, also was sure it wasn't going to make any money. It's like, no, of course not. But I saw it in the theater twice. I loved it. I thought it was the best movie of the summer. The day it came out, I thought it was excellent. But that's me by myself. I'll probably, honestly, I'll probably end up buying it. Especially if you're, if you're saying it's good. Like, I, I do recommendations off of my friends. Like, I could give a fuck about what the movie review sites say. Because ultimately, I know you guys. I know you guys aren't going to do, do me wrong and say, oh, go watch this. Why? Because it's so fucking horrible. Why would I want to watch it? Just do it and stuff like that. I know you're not going to do that. You're going to tell me, hey, this is, you know, stuff like, you know, this is going to be good. So okay. recommendation. I wouldn't do that with me. I tend to like things that nobody else likes. Like, I would tell you to see Suicide Squad. And I like Suicide Squad. I have Suicide Squad behind me. Yeah. Behind me, behind A Guy in the Shed by JF Dubell and my wall of nerd. <laughs> So ultimately, because uh, we got what six episodes left of Game of Thrones coming out in like two years, and each episode is going to be like an hour and a half, if the r- rumors are to believe. How do you feel this the show is going to end? Do you feel it's going to end strong, or is it going to sort of whimper out? I'm really up in the air with that. I uh, again, like for all the hate fucking I just did, I still enjoyed it, so I'm going to enjoy it regardless as to what happens. I think I need to see what happens with R.R. Martin in the next couple of years and with Weiss and the other guy. I mean, they've always been great adaptation artists, but will they be great creators when it comes to actually making those shows on their own? It remains to be seen. But either way, I'm in. Yeah, Corey? I agree. I mean, I'm still enjoying the show for the spectacle of it and because I, I want to see it to its fruition. And there, you know me, I will abandon the fuck out of a show if it pisses me off enough. It hasn't pissed me off. It's disappointing. But at the same time, it's still better than a lot of other stuff that's out there. And even if it's all cliche towards the end, I get to watch some really impeccable actors nailing parts. And and maybe the material isn't perfect, but they are. And so yeah. I will keep I will keep with it uh, like I have a fucking choice because my wife will fucking gray joy me right off the fucking planet <laughs> if, if I tried to change the channel. But that'll save you in a fight later. Yeah, a lot of cock, <laughs> a lot of a lot of cock talk, and then some cock action. So basically, Man. what I'm hearing is Aaron would just reclaim what's rightfully hers. Yeah, I mean, All right, the <laughs> is is before we change topics. Is Tormund dead? Did he die off screen, or was he further along in part of the wall that didn't topple? Um, I don't think Tormund's dead yet. 
He can't be right. How could he have died off screen? You mentioned cock talk. It made me think of that because if he died <laughs> off, screen, really, the last moment he had was like hitting on Gendry. Yeah, yeah. Well, Which okay. Is awesome. So, <clears throat> so one of the other, one of the other things that I heard that I I didn't quite catch that he's not dead yet because it's a vision from Bran. Like we're seeing Bran do a vision. No, uh, I didn't catch what he had, that future vision. Yeah. Because it's explicitly been stated multiple times that Bran can see into the past and the present, but not the future. Yeah, not the future. Now, I wonder, does anybody buy into him being the Night King? Because they kind of have the same nose. That's well, what, what we have to do is we have to see the actor use that fucking app that everybody's posting with today of putting their own faces on the Night King. That's true. And see if they look exactly the same. <laughs> I use this app. Nothing happened. I mean, I don't know. I'm hoping it does good. I mean, because I'm, I'm also coming at this strictly from the... Yeah, it'd be great if this little show could find some success, you know, if it could build well, no, an audience. No, I mean, you know, it, it struggled I mean, so hard on the ratings. It's, <laughs> no, I'm not talking about ratings. Fuck ratings. I'm talking about story. <laughs> I'm talking about the story here. Like, it ends good. It ends to where when we hopefully get the books out that the, the book readers aren't going, the book is so much better. Like, they've been doing for the first five seasons well considering what this season's like i kind of am led to believe that the books are probably better because the first several seasons were based on the books and now the ones yeah. that aren't aren't to me as strong Not so maybe that. that will be the motivation that george R. R. martin needs when he finally can have people say oh god damn it you know the show was great but there's so many points that i wish could just be explored further I need to read 3,000 fucking pages of prose to get my fill of this. Can I find a fucking witness somewhere to open up and let me fill myself in, dear Lord? Hallelujah. Yeah. Wow. I just got one. <laughs> I have to go <laughs> my fucking shorts now. <laughs> All right. So that is going to do it for the else views and We'll be right back for the else words. Do you believe that there's intelligent life somewhere out there? That maybe extraterrestrial beings have already visited the Earth? Are you a fan of movies or TV shows like Star Trek or Alien? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then you may also like the Alien Invasion Podcast. On every episode, we talk about the latest ET-related news, report on a recent sighting, and make some alien-themed entertainment picks. Subscribe, download, and listen from where you get podcasts. Or by going to gncasts.com slash aliens. That's g-n-c-a-s-t-s dot com slash aliens. And we are back, and it's time for the else words. This is the main discussion, big discussion, well, one discussion topic that we've had for this show. <laughs> just How just phrase it? it in the form of a yes or no question. <clears throat> the movie box office is on track for the lowest in 25 years as Spielberg and Lucas uh, blockbuster implosion omen prevails. So two of the motherfuckers who kind of made the explosion of blockbusters and then done kind of fucked it up themselves are, are now saying, hey, look, we we're right. Uh, look at everything going to shit because everybody just wants blockbusters now. Uh, ha ha. 
it, I don't know exactly what what the the thought process is of do they get the blame? Do they get the recollection of like no, we told you? The, it's similar to me in what was done and said in comics over the years, which was Grant Morrison and Mark Miller when they were friends used to talk about the fact that the comics industry goes through cycles. It goes through a big boom and then it goes through a lull and then it breaks down and almost falls apart and goes into the crapper for a few years. And then it starts to turn around and come back again. And it's like this continuing thing. So they got in at a point where they knew the cycle was going to start to hit again and they jumped on and they wrote it up. And then as it hit their lulls, they kind of both backed away and started doing stuff in other things. That's, that's true to a certain degree. I mean, you can kind of watch it and see the, the measurements, but that's like anything. Anything goes through the highs and lows until all of a sudden it either doesn't exist anymore or it becomes the biggest thing in the world and then it can't not exist uh, because nature abhors a vacuum. As far as movies, we're talking about... A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the movie pass with uh, Nate Namey. And this mm-hmm. movie pass is supposed to be $10 a month and you can watch uh, the pitches, all the movies that you want, but that's not really true because you can only watch a movie one time and you can only watch one a day. So it's it's already kind of cutting into itself. It's like fucking Hulu saying, we don't play ads except for when we play ads. But it still was like people were against it, uh, like AMC were saying, well, no, we think that that's too low. Maybe if you didn't have such shit films going on, it would be too low. But the fact is, is that more often than not, and I think I even said this at the time, there's not enough stuff out there that people really genuinely want to see. Now, I might be more inclined to go see it if I have a $10 a month movie pass that I'm already subscribed to in my pocket. It's like, okay, this month there's really dick all out there that I want to see. But fuck it, I'll go give it a try for this little independent film somewhere um, because otherwise I'm just wasting my money. It's like a Netflix DVD that sits on my counter for three months and I'm like, why am I paying for this? I could have bought this DVD three times over by now. But for the most part, we're seeing just a continuous lack of interest in most of these giant, what are supposed to be blockbuster films. Uh, The Mummy from Universal that was supposed to be the launch of their new shared universe crapped out here entirely, has only now been made a success because of what it did in China. At some point, we're going to start making films legitimately for not the U.S. is the only thing I can see. Because we're we're just a little too cranky about our movies, and and our big stars aren't big stars to us anymore. So China is more than happy to have a Tom Cruise vehicle, and and very very excited to have a Will Smith movie and everything. But we don't want them. You know, we're we're either spoiled, or we're bitter, or we're millennials, and we're breaking Applebee's, and so we're breaking the movie industry and everything else at the same time. I don't know what the case is. I just know that I keep seeing the same shit stuff come out. And I don't get it. I don't understand how you can put forth a fucking green screen movie about Hercules one month and it doesn't sell. And then about Egyptian gods with a bunch of white people in it the next month and it doesn't fucking sell. And then you're like, well, let's put forth this other green screen movie now and see if people are into it Uh, again. No, no, we're not. We're never going to be into it. Shut the fuck up. Go away. You ain't Frank Miller. And Frank Miller couldn't fucking do it with the spirit. So what do you think you're going to do? Just stop. Just fucking stop. But that's my opinion. What do you guys say? You might as well drop the mic. You covered everything, and I have nothing to come back with with that. I was going to ask, do you think we're spoiled? Do you think it's a lack of creativity? But you already covered all of it. So outside I mean, of I hedged Star- my bets. Right? Outside of Star Wars and the Marvel Universe, big box movies are, are fuck all. They're going across the sea. So, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it, and we've seen this in the years past, like, 
where for example and i'm not i'm, I'm not going to speak to quality of movies i'm just going to speak to movies that i know this happened battleship aired a full or had been in the theaters a full month in the uk before it premiered in america so i mean and you can speak to the quality of the movie however you want but you look at that same thing and there has to be a reason to that as to why they would you know why they would air you know release the movie you know a full month before here well they released star wars in the uk before they released it here because it was filmed there right but that was two days or a week at the most i think it was about a week and but i mean god damn you can't get much more american like ingrained we we own this shit if we want to feel our fucking privilege rising up out of us than star wars you know, and you, so you mean, you mean then a movie about the American military? <laughs> Granted, they did this alien invasion thing or whatever too, but I don't, I don't know what you're <laughs> fucking talking about, man. My film had stormtroopers in it. Uh, <laughs> like maybe that's where we're going. Uh, fucking Black Lives Matter, people. So I just know that the the, the distribution and everything is one thing, and certainly if a movie comes out in one place first then there's a chance of piracy. But I don't think that's what's going on here. I think there is a genuine disinterest for 70% of the films that are coming out now. And and I think it's because they all are meant to achieve the super high level. So when you have a smaller film that has a budget in the range of a 35 million, and it only takes 50 million for it to be able to be seen as a success, and it breaks 100 million, and it's like, oh, shit, we're going to do sequels galore on this, then that's perfectly well and good. But when you're having super high expectations all the time, you cannot always meet those expectations. So you're going to fail more often than not. And it, it's the same thing I've always said with, with superhero comics and, and Superman in particular, is if you make Superman have every power and you give him invulnerability and you give him giant strength where he can bench press the fucking planet and all these other things, then eventually you lose the ability for Superman to fight anybody because the, the whole danger is gone. Also, in, in teen comics, if the Avengers are saving the world every fucking issue, then at some point they go up to, well, we can't just save the world, we have to save the galaxy. And then we can't just save the galaxy, we have to save the universe. And we can't just save the universe, we have to save all existence in time and space and fucking whatever. Uh, they Neil deGrasse Tyson that shit out. And then at some point, it's like, well, then um, I guess I'm really not that interested in the Luke Cage fights the Scorpion issue because the universe and everything that began and ended with the Atom uh, isn't taken into account here. It's just some guy punching another guy. That that seems dull now. You do that all the fucking time. That's your go-to. You're always rocketed to 100. People are, are going to look at it and say, well, you only hit 13 when you promised 100. Or my expectations are 105 now, and you can't even make it to 80. So I'm done with you. So this is why regular porn doesn't get me off anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know, I need I need albino midget stump porn, albino or I, I just can't do it. Lesbian Eskimo ninja left-handers. Yeah. And I know the term is little people stump porn, but I I just I get you. <laughs> I I completely. <laughs> Steve Martin did a thing up. about listening to the stereo and then going to the quadraphonic and how the ear gets more desensitized to the old stuff because it's like you you build up a tolerance to it and then you build up to something better and you can't go backwards and i i can't do steve martin justice except on the banjo because i will clip your fucking ass but i i i do i i do think that that's it is when you see people excited about story they're looking at tv now and 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 i feel like 
I feel like this season of an HBO series went high on the spectacle and went less on the story mattering as much. And there's a couple of reasons why I think that happened. But last week, I think that's the same thing. It's like that's why we had a shorter season of the show and why we'll have a shorter season next season. Did any of you catch Rick and Morty last night and the bumper at the end of the show? What was the bumper? Bumper was uh, the rest in peace, the writing on Game of Thrones. Mm. Ever the show <laughs> started in 2016. Fair. And there's totally all, fair. I'm now where Royland got on Twitter and he's like, yeah, I had nothing to do with that. Don't yell at me. But I yeah. totally agree. <laughs> because if you're a fucking writer, if you're a fucking filmmaker or a, a TV filmmaker or whatever, you don't fucking do that. Because Lucas did that shit with Godzilla. Lucas, they had the Godzilla posters everywhere that said size matters. And so Lucas put out after Godzilla came out and he put out the big sign that said plot matters, making fun of Godzilla. And then the fucking first prequel came out. It's like, well, shit. Yeah. All spectacle, no plot. Anyway, back to the movies. I, uh, yeah, I chalk it up to, I think we've talked about it before, Corey, where I mentioned Rotten Tomatoes and all that. I chalk it up to, you mentioned TV. So I chalk it up to cord cutting. I chalk it up to Rotten Tomatoes and other websites like that where people want instant gratification if they see a low score they're not going to go whereas back in the day you'd go into a movie blind and you would just go to a summer blockbuster on principle i mean there was a time and a place for me to do that and now before we go to a movie we have that discussion well what's the rating and neither one of us are ones to really buy into reviews but we will look at that number and debate given the cost of a movie ticket now is it worth it to us to actually go i look at and tv is typically better TV now, like yeah. we were talking about, you're going to get a better product on TV. I have Preacher on in the background. That show has been way better than any movie that I've been to lately. So I look at I look at a lot of this. So the article, it points out that there have been these exceptions to prove the rule. You know, where there have been the bright spots, you know, the Wonder Woman's, the Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Dunkirk, Baby Driver. There have been the outright failures. And you know, one of those is one, something that me and Brandon talked about, you know, like three weeks ago with, uh, you know, with Dark Tower. But then you look at The Nut Job 2, which is a movie that I can pretty sure we can all get, you know, say did not deserve a sequel. <laughs> so why they give us this thing out of nowhere? I'm like, what? Like, I, I remember seeing the trailer. I'm like, why the fuck did they do a sequel to this movie? Whose kid asked for this movie sort of thing? Didn't, How did uh, the first Nut Job do, though? I mean, compared to how much it costs to make and and putting out a sequel, because that's the thing is like these, there is a sense of kids movies are going to do well no matter what the fuck they are. Now, that's not always true, but then you see some shit like the Emoji Movie and you go, how in the fuck does the Emoji Movie get made? (laughs) And worse, how does it make money? And I'm sure the Rotten Tomatoes score on that was piss poor, but everybody went and saw it anyway. So I'm not really a believer in those scores making a difference, at least for a certain type of audience. The Transformers films, I know, Brandon, you brought this up a little bit on Sunday. I know, I was uh, waiting fuck me in the ass over it, too. No, I mean, the Transformers films are strangely successful. And yes, again, more successful overseas. But even in America, they've done pretty well for themselves. I have not been able to understand them since the beginning because I can't no. tell the difference between any of the characters on the screen. And I'm, I'm talking about the humans in that, too that they all just fucking do the same shit and sound alike and look alike and you see the same oh. goddamn footage and explosions from the oh, other fucking Michael Bay movie. Noise for me. It makes no sense at all. I couldn't follow Transformers 2 at all. By yeah. the way, not Bobby Moynihan left NSL to do 
SNL to do fucking nut job too. You leave a job you've had for what five uh, years at this wait, point? Who, a shit ass movie. Wait, who, Bobby Moynihan actually has a CBS sitcom coming out. Yeah, really? What is it? Do yeah. You know, it's called uh, Me Myself and I. I see. The, um, yeah, it's basically Young Sheldon except through the generations. I yeah, see. it's so I it's see. it's Young Sheldon where he's playing the Sheldon Cooper now. You got John Larroquette playing him in the future, and then there's a child actor playing that playing both of them as a kid. Ah, uh, that's gonna get canceled. It, maybe, but it does give you an opportunity to work with John Larroquette, and I can't yeah. say that I wouldn't have made the same goddamn decision. That is true. But yeah, so, so the, the the Transformer movies are a good example of people kept going to see them, and and I am not that audience, but there is an audience for it. And they keep making the same thing over and over again until now what they're doing is they're doing a prequel that is in the 80s that has John Cena and um, has the the girl from, oh, shit, from the Pitch Perfect 2 and oh, the Western uh, remake. Um, I can't think of her name, unfortunately. Haley Steinfeld. But Haley Steinfeld. So that's going to be about Bumblebee because they wanted to do an expanded universe for Transformers. Because why the fuck wouldn't you do an expanded universe of the same goddamn stories over and over again? But at least maybe this one will be a little bit different because of a different time and some new actual actors in it. Uh, <clears throat> Wahlberg. But, but they're, they're, they're bringing back Starsky and Hutch on TV. They're bringing back SWAT. Can we just do away with all of that? Write that off. It's not going to be a good cash grab. Just Well, it's uh, funny just... that they're bringing, they're bringing them back from films to TV again. Right. Which is... Kind of what the problem is with movies for a while, too, is that it's like, oh, all these nostalgic TV series, we're going to make a movie out of it. And we're going to tr- expect that the nostalgia is going to be what sells you. So uh, how come no one saw Baywatch? I didn't think Baywatch is a great show to begin with, but I certainly didn't look at the Baywatch movie and thought that's a must see. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't feel that way about Chips. I didn't feel that way about any of these. I mean, Starsky and Hutch had Stiller and Wilson at a prime point for both those actors, but it still didn't look like it was going to be the the funniest comedy of, of the decade or anything when it came out. It was just, yeah, we're going to put these guys in a weird situation and have some throwbacks of the 70s. I actually love the SWAT movie. It's Did one you, of those guilty pleasures of mine that I watch every time it's on TV. That had LL Cool J in it. LL Cool J, Colin yeah. Farrell. Yeah, Colin Farrell and Colin Farrell, oh, Jackson, Michelle Rodriguez. Ooh, movies. I thought the Dukes one was the best between like SWAT, Miami Vice, Dukes of Hazard, Starsky and Hutch, all of those that came out then. So if they're going to do that in TV now, does that signal like a swing shift back to shitty TV and better movies? I doubt. Well, every time they, they do the movie to film and then they try to bring the film back to TV, uh, I don't know that it does any better anyways. And, and that's again, TV's trying to work on nostalgia. There's a MacGyver series out right now. A couple years ago, they tried to bring Charlie's Angels back to TV uh, after hmm. the film franchise had had hit its point of of like no more, and were, that didn't do very well. Bionic Woman, Knight Rider, all of those things have tried and failed over and over again. You definitely forgot Ironsides. That came back too. Yeah, Ironside. I I think Ironside is coming back again. I think Robert Downey Jr. is working on producing it. Wow, uh, not surprising at all. Hawaii Five O is actually. Very successful because it's on CBS on Friday nights, and it's like people who are just waiting for their their hot milk to kick in so they can go to sleep. It's the only thing that's on. I get that. <laughs> My mother. Yeah, I, I'm I'm two years away from that myself. <laughs> Speaking of Brandon's mother, Nate. 
I was trying to, I was trying to find a way to bring you in so for so much, but they both kept talking. I'm like, okay, they went quiet. Segway, uh, Nate. That's why I didn't, uh, I didn't want to butt in and say anything. So I was thirsty. I needed something to suckle. So here's Nate. <laughs> But you Thank guys you. know that this weekend was like the the piss poorest weekend for films in like forever. Were like the even- highest grossing movie this weekend was the the second week I think of the Hitman's Bodyguard. It made ten million, followed by Annabelle Creation. So there was nothing that came out that was drawing people's and- interests. Well, there was nothing that came out. I mean, Hitman's we- Bodyguard isn't that the Sam Jackson movie? Sam Jackson, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I do actually want to see that. But this movie yeah. was also the the Mayweather McGregor fight and the season finale of Game of Thrones. Granted, neither of those were on Friday, but yeah, and and Houston is obviously going through terrible weather and everything. But I just don't think that that really shows enough of why everybody decided not to go see the movies. There's always I th- I think- stuff like that happening. Not always that level of disaster, and I certainly don't want to is downplay. It, what's is it going just on. that there's nothing? I mean, like, I mean, I guess that's what you guys are kind of hitting on, but there's nothing worth seeing. Yeah. And you also add to the, I mean, there's a lot of factors. I mean, I, I would like to see what the, the box office stats are for like the last week in August, first week, September, uh, just cause you have back to school. So people are spending a lot of money there. Typically like your summer blockbusters are here and gone, you know, and then people are trying to get out. Cause again, you know, for a lot of, a lot of places in the country, it's the last, uh, the last real weekend of summer. Because we've got, I mean, this weekend coming up is like the big end of summer weekend. It's Labor Day weekend. So, I mean, people are more kind of geared towards their last couple of days at the beach or whatever it is that they're doing their last couple of days. I mean, after this coming weekend, like, uh, again, if you're in an area that has like your typical four seasons, obviously, I'm not talking about like, you know, Southern California, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, you've got your theme parks are going to be going back to like the limited hours before they close for the seasons and 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 things like that. So I just I don't think I, I'm I'm curious as to if these next couple of weekends or the one we've passed and then the one coming up are typically low for movies anyway. I think but that's a prime so. time to like throw out something that would be that have no competition and that sudden hit of yeah we know it's going to be slow because predictably it's slow every year, but to not have anything land and Brandon and answered something that you mentioned. Number nine out of the top 10 of the films of the weekend was the Mayweather McGregor fight. They right. played it in some theaters. It made $2.6 million. Well, I know I the theater plays Game of Thrones episodically every weekend. And you can go yeah. to the theater and watch Game of Thrones. I'll put it to you guys this way as someone who, for the month of the, the like July and August, I was going almost weekly to the movies. Like it slowed down. Like I was looking through IMDb and or not I'm like one of the like one of the apps just looking through at the movies like okay what's coming out the next week the next week the next week and planning it out and I'm like don't really have any interest here don't really have any interest here and uh, like it's like I hit September and I'm like and eh, there's like three movies I think the Kingsman comes out in September but yeah, it's like King, you know two Kingsman's yeah. probably the first thing since all of summer that I yeah. I want to see it in the theater because it's it's loud there's a lot of really cool effects so it's going to be great training Tatum's in there <laughs> well well yeah you know i mean extra large standing tatum you gotta have that but uh <laughs> no so and it's gonna be good but again like not to rehash the conversation that we had with with amy a couple weeks ago but yeah there's just there's nothing worth going to the theater for like literally everything that came out this summer that was considered a big hit wonder woman spider-man things like that those are all things that 
I'm perfectly comfortable waiting for yeah. digital release. Actually, Wonder Woman is either out or comes out on digital. It's either out. I think it's out tomorrow on digital. Out uh, tomorrow on digital, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned Baywatch. That's already on digital. Uh, I'm sure Homecoming is right around the corner. So Brandon and I have actually had this conversation, I, th I think at least once or twice in the recent past, where the turnaround now is so quick. If you don't absolutely have to see it in the theater, you're waiting, what, like a month and a half? I mean, look how much money Wonder Woman made, and it's already on digital. Guardians is already out. I already own it. And that seems like yeah. it just left the theater. But there's a time and a place to go to the theater, though. I agree with everything you're saying, but I think some movies need to be seen in a theater. And me personally, and, I like the experience of, of the theater. And I, th I think Beat hit it here um, a little bit ago in the uh, producer chat. But he said that the biggest blockbusters, Star Wars, Harry Potter, are all in late fall or winter. They've all, a lot of the, the big studio tentpole movies, they've looked at this and looked at, okay, what's making, what, what gets more money? It's either june july august or november december you know october november december that's really going to hit big and then there's a little bit in march but that's because we've been trained to do that it's mm -hmm. the same thing as black friday sales if you instill in everybody that your biggest sale is going to happen this single day every year even though it's not necessarily true but you that's the fever that you build up to then the three days before thanksgiving no one wants to shop with you it's because you fucking made them believe that they shouldn't <laughs> shop with you those days. If you tell people over and over again, oh, our biggest hits are only going to come out these specific dates throughout the year, then don't fucking go see the movies at the end of August. Don't fucking see the movies in February. And and don't be surprised when your movies sell for shit during that time then. It, you're the ones who chose when to pack these things together. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to put Spider-Man out two weeks after Wonder Woman, even though Wonder Woman's still kicking ass. Which we'll expect that people will want to go see Spider-Man now. And they did, and that's great, but not to the same degree that they might have if Spider-Man came up against nothing like it. Yeah. Yeah, but do you think some of that is to pull the momentum away again from DC? Like, this was the first decent... Like, there were elements to Batman versus Superman that were enjoyable. There were, there were elements to Suicide Squad that were enjoyable. Both movies were absolutely horrible, but there were elements that were enjoyable. Now, I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet, but the general consensus is that front to back, it's the first great movie that DC has done in a while. It's so, great, great in comparison to what they've already put out. Again, like I found it to be a pretty standard movie. It didn't really shake my foundations. I did see it in the theater at the very end of its run. I don't Maybe it's still in the theater. I don't know. But I think like dollar theaters. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no. So, I mean, I think it was just kind of to pull the steam out of, out of DC. To say, look, like, I mean, because, yeah, Spider-Man is a headliner for sure, but not so much lately just because he's had the bad movies being done by Fox, you know. With, and yeah, and overabundance of movies, too. Yeah, right. with the Tony McGuire movies and then the Andrew Garfield movies. Like, it's just been a whole cachet of shit. So now you've got this new one that is being basically directed by Marvel studios. So that was their way of saying, all right, you know what? DC had their two weeks in the sun. Like let's go and, and put them back down to their level. And uh, you add Spider-Man who again is, could be considered a character that some people are growing tired of because he's been reborn in the, the big screen universe so many times yet. He still came out and clobbered wonder woman, which was like the first female led superhero movies so i think that was kind of like their way of coming out and just saying look you might have a little bit of it but we've still got it well you're taking marvel's flagship character and 
putting it up against a character in DC that isn't Batman. So yeah, there's, there's no way to fail. And do the uh, DC execs and the Marvel execs see each other's movies before release? I don't think so. But I think Marvel. No, no, you're, you're ta- yeah, you're talking about, I believe, the last like fan poll. You're talking about the number three character beating out the number four character. Like overall. I also overall. want to say that I wouldn't particularly point that Spider Man clobbered Wonder Woman uh, because <laughs> Wonder Woman at this point, now she's at 13 weeks. But she's at 406 million domestically, and Spider Man at eight weeks is at 318. Right, but, but I mean, clobber her for the weekend, though. Like, that was he, my he, question, though. He, he beat her out for the weekend after she'd been out for a couple weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that he was knocked her out of the top spot. It would have been surprising for it to, to not be that way. But the longevity of Wonder Woman, I think, has impressed everybody. Four way right. conversations are fun. Those of you that have seen both of those movies, which <laughs> you find to be the f- superior film? Superior is a very iffy thing. They're because they're right? well, not not just that they're too different. Spider-Man got to draw from all of the Marvel films before it, true, and that makes a difference from it from all the perspectives of all the other Spider-Man movies as well. Is that it got to pull in Tony Stark, it got to pull in Captain America, it got to pull in a built-in audience that also were very likely to want to have a successful Spider-Man film on top of that. So it had advantages that Wonder Woman did not have. Because Wonder Woman, while it ties into the character being introduced in Batman v Superman, did not really do anything with that connection in its film. And kind of thank God for that. And she was not a proven entity in films before that. Spider-Man had five other movies. Wonder Woman hadn't been seen in mainstream stuff since her TV series in the 70s. And then every time she appeared in a team thing with the Super Friends slash Justice League cartoons. So this was a big step for Wonder Woman to succeed in the way that it did. And I think that it doesn't even compare. Do you think that DC is smart now with the success of Wonder Woman? And I guess you could call the other one a financial success too. But based off of the Justice League trailers, they've now thrown their weight behind Wonder Woman as opposed to Batman or Superman. Do you think that's smart of them to do or like, I don't don't think I don't think I think with some of the reshoots, they might have done some of that. But looking at it right now, I don't see uh, Justice League being that film. I think no. whatever is the next movie that's coming out is going to be what the film that they retool to not necessarily be like, oh, let's focus in on Wonder Woman, but focus in on what made Wonder Woman so successful. Well, I think you're seeing that with the movies that are getting announced that were coming out of nowhere. Exactly. The, yeah. the Batgirl movie, the Nightwing movie, all these other things that are coming up the the things that were already laid down the expectations were we understand what they're going to be doing with an aquaman movie because the director has already had something in mind from the beginning and then that's the director that hasn't left the project yet flash we have no fucking idea because flash just keeps going through directors and stories but faster than a fucking flash hell for flash <laughs> what dc needs but- to do is regroup and fill the niche that marvel hasn't filled and focus on the female driven films all I think that DC needs to do is be true to their characters and be true to what made these characters long beloved legends for for decades now, for almost a century now. And what they haven't done is that. What they've done is they've said, wow, we've had really great success in movies with our Batman flicks. Let's make more Batman flicks starring these other characters. And that's the wrong way to go about it, in my opinion. You know what I think would be interesting? And I I had this thought a couple days ago, so why not just talk about it here? So you have Marvel, who is obviously, they're championing 
the the theater right now right so their movies are like they've got the theater locked down like even if the movie is mediocre it typically does well at least turns a profit marvel is your blizzard what you say you're into with blizzard is what marvel does right because you go into it and you're comfortable you know you're going to get a a reasonably good quality to great quality that even if it's not the the one that blows your tits off it's still going to be an enjoyable movie. And I wish I could find something to blow my tits off. That would save me a lot of time. No more Roman. I am Brandon. But I no, but where I was going was so, but Marvel fails in the, in TV, like their television series, they are mediocre at best, like with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and things like that. Whereas with DC, they stumble in the theater up till Wonder Woman, but they nail the TV, like the, tele- the television stuff. Like you've got all the stuff on, what is it? The WB, all that stuff's on, right? And that's yep. all successful. You've got Gotham, which is widely successful. And we're actually getting Bruce Wayne in his in a costume. The start of the new season. The new season is called uh, A Dark Knight. So the thought that I had that I thought would be really cool. So they've got some of the characters again on WB. They've got Batman on Fox. Like with comics, you have this whole multiverse thing, right? So you have like different storylines going different paths. Wouldn't it be cool if they had different contracts with different television companies or different different channels studios or whatever the terminology is there so you had like all the care you had several of the characters on fox running in gotham which you do currently in the batman universe you know you've got all your villains and batman and whatnot then you've got your wb stuff and then maybe do something with like the usa network i don't know and then like have a different storyline with the same characters so essentially what dc does then is they turn several tv stations into different multiverses where they're running different storylines That would be great if not for the nuts and bolts of it all. Not to mention the fact that if they did a show in USA, it would inevitably inevitably be homogenized into wrestling and then you would have superheroes in wrestling. (laughs) You know, I was wondering if you were going to go wrestling and I'm like, maybe, maybe not. Oh, the the days of the cartoon train on USA are long gone, man. That's what they need to bring back. That is sort of what they're doing right now, though, because DC is introducing a Teen Titans series that's probably going to wind up on TNT or something. It's not going to be on CW, but it's from the same people who do the CW shows. So it's a question of if they'll be able to make references. They talk briefly about not having Black Lightning in the Green Arrow universe. And I think they kind of step back from that and say, well, he's going to be separate, but that's only because we're not going to involve him in those storylines right away. And then somewhere down the road, they can. But you've got to also look at the fact that DC, when they introduced characters from the Suicide Squad into Arrow, they immediately felt the need to kill them off in Mm -hmm. in just the most slapdash way because, oh shit, we've got a Suicide Squad movie. We don't want to confuse people who watch the show, even though we also have a Flash movie coming up. And I don't think we're going to kill our Flash on the show, right? So (laughs) they're very convoluted in their choices of do we have a multiverse? Do we not have a multiverse? And does it really fucking matter to the fans? To correct you on one thing, though, with the Titans TV show that is being done by Greg Berlanti and the and the co, that is, I believe, going to be on their DC streaming app, oh, along right. with along with Young Justice series or season three. So nobody will watch it, right? So <laughs> that's all good. Streaming separation. That whole thing has got to implode. I mean, uh, how how do they not see the writing on the wall with all of that? Well, you know what's funny is like we're kind of we are responsible for that. Like for years and years and years, we complained with cable about how we have to pay exorbitant amounts for cable and we get stuck. Like who the fuck watches the Food Network? Like why Me. is that in my cable all pack? the time? My <laughs> you are a couple of years. I away do it lunch. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, maybe that was a bad one. Uh, my next, my next go to would be Animal Planet, but I'm, I'm anyway. My, my wife. Point, there you, you want, go. You want C-SPAN, man. 
So yeah, so my <laughs> thing though is so we can blame him. Is why do we pay so much money for channels we don't want? Right. So now they split them bucks per channel. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, essentially, what it would come down to is like, like my my thing isn't so much the separate per channel. Like, I mean, you pay fifteen month, you pay fifteen bucks a month for HBO. So if you're paying eight bucks a month for all this other stuff, my thing is is HBO and Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and things like that. They are a collaboration of different networks. I mean, HBO, yes, they are a network, but they have stuff from other, like they have movies and and whatnot too. So there's there's more there, and they have amazing shows with with Netflix and Hulu and, and Amazon and and things of the like. You have several things coming together to form a service of of multiple channels and multiple avenues. Whereas like CBS, right? So now they're doing their streaming service. What the hell do they have to offer but Star Trek? That's it. yeah, but that's it though. And it's going to be a big enough draw. And now you've got DC, which, yeah, there'll be some hardcore fans, but is it enough draw? Like, would these companies not make, like, sure, don't sign with Netflix because Netflix has Marvel, but would DC perhaps not make more money signing a contract with Hulu and saying, look, okay, well. Hulu and, also has Marvel. Yeah. Does Hulu and, and also you, have Marvel? Hulu has you gotta remember, the Marvel Runaways TV yeah. show. Yeah, that's, Marvel has kind of spread themselves out a little bit on that. But the other thing is you got to remember, DC isn't DC. DC is Warner Brothers. That's true. Warner Brothers themselves have a ton of content. So if they decide that it's a Warner Brothers streaming service, not a DC streaming service, which makes a lot more fucking sense. Yeah, I could see that. That could happen. And and part of it will be when they can get back the rights to have the stuff to themselves that they haven't already leased out to Netflix and Amazon and wherever else. As far as CBS, CBS has 70 years of programming from TV. And on top of that, a lot of the stuff they produced for other channels or for films and stuff. These things do all kind of tie in together. All the Chuck Lorre's shows are from CBS. And say what you want about the Big Bang Theory, it's a big fucking hit. That guy has made a lot of big fucking hits. Granted, they're all in syndication. We've seen them to death, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to make the next thing that people want to watch. It's going to go over to that streaming network. So it's not so much that there's too many different ones. It's that eventually they're going to just kind of crawl into each other. And you're going to have to pick favorites but we're not going to have 100 channels like we do on cable right we're going to have five services i don't disagree like cbs again it's great but as far as the streaming thing though like with the cbs streaming service the only reason i would pay for that would be star trek because anything else is on cbs so i can just open my spectrum app and watch it on cbs well right now i don't need the service like yeah well i mean what's that there's nothing else on cbs that we're talking about Although we do know that the the Good Wife spinoff uh, is on the CBS streaming. Well, Big Bang Theory is still around and it's still a powerhouse. So, but but it you like you said it's on TV. It's the other things that we're going to find that are only on the streaming service. That once you're there, it's like you've opened the door and you've walked in, and it's like, oh, but what's this thing over here? Oh, I didn't know that they had this show. I've always kind of want to watch this. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay, pay the eight bucks for an extra month of this just to be able to get through this whole streaming thing. Oh, wait, my wife is now into this thing. I might check that out with her, or at least I've got to keep it on because she doesn't want to stop watching it yet. My wife just had someone send her all the DVDs for Hannibal, and we'd watch mm-hmm. Hannibal when it first came out, and we couldn't stick with it at that point in time. We had too much other stuff on our plates, and I always said I wanted to get back to it, so I've been planning for this to happen. And a friend of her is like, you have to watch Hannibal. You have to watch Hannibal. So she sent her the DVDs. So now my was wife is sitting there watching Hannibal me? without me. I, I thought it would be. <laughs> so she's in the other room watching fucking Hannibal without me. And I'm like, well, I wanted to watch fucking Hannibal a year ago. I was just waiting for the time to get to watch it with you. But the same thing is like, if I if she wasn't watching it on DVDs and she was watching it on some streaming service that we got for a month to try out, 
I could not end that streaming service until she finishes the show, whether it's like, well, it's up for renewal and I want to cancel it. Well, I've got 10 episodes left, so I don't know what you're going to fucking do, asshole. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to let you watch your goddamn show. Well, damn. So but in all seriousness, we should probably wrap up real quick before we go. Uh, Brandon, where can they, people find you? Talk to Nate. <laughs> Nate, where can people find Brandon? <laughs> Have your people call my people. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to Brandon. No, I don't know what just the, the regular rundown listen to the last week's yeah. listen to the episode from two weeks ago with right. Amy and i did the studio rundown yeah no you can find everything brandon and i do at inkgeekstudios.com all of our shows there uh mind of a geek all geeked up movie busters uh the show that amy and i do that we talked about a couple weeks ago uh indie case files um yeah just find everything i mean i'm not gonna go on a long rant not really why don't a certain i will also plug I also you can listen to all geeked up at eight o'clock you can listen to my <laughs> <laughs> inkgeekstudios.com and uh, twitch.tv slash inkgeekstudios um, for all of our live shows so follow us on twitch and uh, and turn notifications on for all the shows Corey is always there in the chat room or almost always there in the chat room so it's always a good time to hang out and chat and he's he is our live encyclopedia and we love him for it I'm starting to think that maybe he's like our puppet master and we just, uh, I, we're just actually I would prefer the term beat master uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he is our he guides us in a direction we, he's our guiding hand and we just can't see it we think that well we have no originality i mean that's obvious but he no. really is there with his hand deep up our ass moving our mouths i, I do want to say though I, that it, it should be pretty obvious because of how much time that i spend in their chat that i am a big fan of these guys and all the stuff that they do so if you are somebody who listens to else nerds which the only person i can think of besides growly bear is is the guy that we have as a guest on the show this week and you his friend Nate. <laughs> check out ink geek studio stuff uh because a lot of what we do i think you would enjoy them doing as well uh they're a couple of my favorite people so let me ask yes, you this. let's just say let's just say there's a lot of crossover so i have to ask is it imposter syndrome <laughs> when i just assume that all of you dislike me because i'm yes. always I'm always waiting for uh, hate, waiting for Nate to go off and boot me away now that I've spent money on all this bullshit. I'm going to make the effort to find another pet? What are you, crazy? Pet, <laughs> pet bitch. I control you, man. I am You're the alpha. only situation where Nate gets to be the alpha. <laughs> I, I, well, even, even, even I would concede that. I'm, I'm not manly enough for that. <laughs> Fuck. My ego is not big enough to care about that. Go ahead, ride it. But, but Brandon, so where can people find you specifically? What's your social network stuff? Is there anything out there that you want to plug? Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Crimson Flag, a K and two G's, but I don't really use it. If you want to find me active, go to Instagram, also at Crimson Flag with a K and two G's. And outside of that, go to inkgeekstudios.com. Follow us on all the social media outlets. Like Nate said, you'll get all of our current shit there. Yeah. And you can find me in the Ellis Nerds chat room more often than not. Tis also true. Yeah. And Nate, Nate, quickly, uh, the uh, things that you do that are not Ink Geek related. Uh, where oh, can people find those? You can catch all of my streaming stuff at twitch.tv slash xcynicx, which is X-S-Y-N-E-K-X. Uh, if you are a... Uh, so we have a little stem off there, uh, Ink Geek Gaming, which is run by me and, and our artist slash kind of producer guy, Hugo Sareva. So I am currently starting up a, a, a Madden 18 cloud franchise. Uh, so if you play Madden 18 on Xbox One, uh, and you want to join that, then hit up the uh, the stream over there. The last thing I'll throw out Fuck, is I might have to get Madden 18. 
if you're going to be playing Destiny 2 on Xbox One, uh, I'm going to be doing an Inked Geek Gaming Strike Team. So uh, if you are going to be playing that, then again, uh, twitch.tv slash xcynicx, uh, get the link to join the Discord. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a whole, but it's, it's a small little group. We uh, we kind of work with Team MZ. Hugo works with Team Overdose. So we have a, a, a split across a couple of different groups. We have a solid group of gamers that we do different things with. Uh, I play Overwatch with the Overcast crew. So um, it's a bunch of different small groups that work together. And, and yeah, if you're a gamer and you want to stream stuff, then then do that. Uh, also, there's some creative stuff there, too. Hugo draws live on his, I should say that, twitch.tv slash W-H-triple-O-G-O for his stuff. And then um, and I do I paint Warhammer figures live on my stream, too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that that's it. All that stuff. That's it. That That's everything. <laughs> is it? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I think it's something else here. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any other Maine listeners? If you live in Maine, September 22nd, join Brandon and I at Limitless Wrestling. We'll be there with our, our That Was Awesome podcast with the table and maybe some merch if we get it in time and, and watching some cool local wrestling. So if you live in the southern Maine, New Hampshire area and you listen to Else Nerds, stop by and check out some cool local wrestling. He's also a cam girl. Make sure you go to all of your <laughs> yep. sites and you will find Nate. Yep. Go to uh, go to, go to uh, I have Rider. a tiny dick, but you'll pay to look at it anyway.com. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call you, Nate? Peggy? Uh, actually, they... they, well, they let, let's just, I was going to do a throwback, but I forgot what Corey called it. What would you call it? Stump porn? <laughs> <laughs> Albino little person stump porn. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, little Dot finger, com. I guess, kind of works. Yep. We'll, just, we'll just tie it all I was, together right here. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just going to make a make a gaming joke by saying, well, Nate's stuff is rated Peggy 18 over in the UK. <laughs> but that was a thinker. So follow them on all those places. Um, if you still want to. Sure. <laughs> yeah, if you still want to. Um, you can find us, uh, you, you can find the network over at gncast.com slash subscribe that has links to everything. The subscription links. You can find all of our social network stuff at Galactic Netcasts. You know, across Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Um, same thing with the Else Nerds. Search for Else Nerds. And you'll find all our stuff. Beatmaster is at Beatmaster80. Evan is at Mr. Underscore Fusion. Sean is at S. Burns PA. You can find my, um, all my stuff at that Gregor. And Corey, where can people find the things that you do? I help publish some comics that I've written some, and mostly I just do the blogging for the strips as I post them every week. You can go to donascomics.com and look at the great artwork and stories by Levi Krauss. Yes, yes. And the final thing to be said is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you next week. Or else fucking Brandon will still be here, not asleep yet. I'll be here waiting. <laughs> <laughs>
For more on this Galactic Network podcast, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.